pale man with blue lips said in Dothraki, Pietpri, the great warlock. The bald man with jewels in his nose answered in High Valerian of the Free Cities, I am Zarozoandoxus of the Thirteen, a merchant prince of Karth. And the woman in the lacquered wooden mask said in the common tongue, I am Quaith of the Shadow. We come seeking dragons. Hey, oh, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Banners, your favorite full spoiler movie podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, Reading A Clash of Kings. I am Zach, one of your hosts, and as always, sitting here with me next to me, cleaning his glasses, is my brother Nate. Yeah, that's me! <laughs> you choking on my intro? I guess. That's uh, so magnificent. I'm gonna get a sip of some, uh... It's a weird day. It's a weird day. Is it? What a weird day. It's a weird day, everyone. If you've joined us before, you know that we are a full spoiler, so thank you for coming back. If you have not been here before, if you don't mind spoilers, I suppose you can stick around. Otherwise, you know... We like to read A Song of Ice and Fire here. Holy shit. And then talk about it, analyze it, look at themes, blow Nate's mind sometimes with our capability of remembering that it is a oh, song of ice and fire. speaking of mind-blowing, I got a great theory for this song, this one. No, not until the chapter, oh, but oh. like for this chapter. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, just in the world of Game of Thrones, Martin has posted on his not a blog, he was invited to New Zealand, all expenses paid. Yeah, to host the whatever Well, whatever he was invited is. just by the country, and well, then That he was said, last year, but he that he was invited by the country. He that, was invited uh, to host the, the the award show now, Oh, is what's going and, on And uh, Yeah, and he just said that if I don't have wins in hand by the time, which is July 29th, by the time I'm there hosting that, that you can lock me in a little cabin and... So maybe potentially there's something to be excited for. People yeah. are going ham about it on Reddit. But what else is new? I try not. They've to been read. doing that for eight years. Yeah, now, that's. So. A, I try not to read too much into Martin's not a blog. But until I'm excited. It's straight up an announcement of here's when's the winter's release date. But so if you joined us last episode, we were reading Theon one. Theon made his not so glorious, spectacular return to the Iron Islands, his home. Fuck Theon. He had. Obviously, a uh, self-grandized image of what was expected uh, when he returned. He was expecting a fucking party and a big happy celebration and got the Iron Islands, as they always have been. And a new plan. A new plan. From his father, Balon Greyjoy. Yeah. He presented Rob's letter, and Balon basically said, fuck that shit. It. And backhanded Theon, ripped his sh- fucking stupid shit off, and said, yeah, I'll take my crown, and... Essentially, we're going to go and take Winterfell because it's ripe and undefended right now with Rob marching. Yeah. So, And that's where we left Theon. This is, I believe, our final first POV chapter yeah, so. in this book. And we're jumping across the narrow sea back to Daenerys. Have we had a Sansa chapter in class? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, on Joffrey's oh, yeah, name day. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, last we left Danny, <laughs> she had trusted a Magi to help heal Khal Drogo, which... Resulted in Khal Drogo dying. Nate and I discussed all of the morals of that situation. You should go listen to our earlier episodes if you haven't listened to them. And she ended up smothering Khal Drogo or what had become of Khal Drogo and lost her unborn child in the process. So in the funeral pyre, 
funeral Same pile. Thing. Whatever. She decided to walk in with her eggs inside as well, and when the fire burned out, Danny was unharmed with her eggs, and for the first time, there were dragons in the world yeah. in like 300 years, and yada yada. Unburned. And so, picking up this, Danny's first chapter in A Clash of Kings, the it, Dothraki had taken to calling the comet the Bleeding Star. They have an actual yeah, Dothraki. Yeah, Shirak Kaya. Yeah, I wasn't going to attempt that. Well, it's because you suck. The Bleeding Star. The old men muttered that it omened ill, but Danny had first seen it the night she had burned her son and star's Drogo, the night her dragons had awakened. And she thinks to herself that it is the herald of my coming. The gods have sent it to show me the way. So now, I thought it was interesting because last chapter I had mentioned Theon Claiming says that the it comet. is my comet, and he is the first person to do so. Now we get Danny a second, but with Danny, we're not. You don't feel like it is. Who this. the fuck do you think you it's are? It's almost like maybe like she did kind of birth dragons back into the world. So it's this interesting. Yeah, it's funny, yeah, because we absolutely despise Theon for even considering it being his, because he's such an insignificant person. We've put her on such a pedestal that maybe it could be hers. Yeah. Um, but she mentions this to her Kalazar, and the handmaidens are like, no, no. Oh, Khaleesi, no. Bad. It's bad. You die. Don't that, do it. That way lies the Red Waste, Khaleesi. A grim place and terrible. And Danny insists, the way the comet points is the way they must go. Though, Mainly because there's only one way forward to yeah. go. Because um, all the other directions have been overrun by all the other calls. We, you know, we know that um, <clears throat> Cal Pal- Pono, Pono. Pono, he has gone down south towards Marine and Yunkai and Astapor because he has like the most of all the Kalazar that he took with him. Yep. And he's trying to sell some of the slaves down there. Yeah. Because fuck yeah. Like, money, 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 yeah, money. Right. And Jorah is, because she's like, well, that's all right. Like, because Copono was always nice to me. He was sweet. And Jorah's like, yeah, he was. Calpono Ka will fucking. He was, will, was fine. Calpono yeah. will, will cut fucking kill you. Yeah. He will slit you throat dead. And north, the Dothraki Sea extends on and on and on. But the first Kalasar that they met would sweep them up, killing their warriors and enslaving their weak. And south were the lands of the landmen, and they were even too weak to go against those unwarlike folk. And so the only choice open to them was east, I believe? It's uh, southeast. Southeast. And because they also talk about, uh, Jorah then talks after about Calpono, that he's also more interested in her dragons at this point. Nobody gives a fuck about Danny. And he'll kill. He and she's like, "Well, they're my dragons. He can't take them." And he's like, "He will, if you like. He'll kill you to take them." Yeah, so. one Iraq swipe would put an end to them. Though Pono is more like to seize them for himself. A living dragon is beyond price, and in all the world, there are only three. Every man who sees them will want them. And Danny gets protective, and they are mine. And she thinks that they were born from her faith and her need and given life by the death of her child and unborn son and the Magi. No man uh, Her husband and her unborn son, the child, and the Magi. You, you said the, unbo- the child and the unborn son. Oh. Which are the same person. Yeah, the husband and the unborn yeah. son and the Magi. But she agrees to take his counsel just mainly because she appointed him as her first queen's guard and knows that he's not as dumb as he looks, so... And when the omens and him agree, then that's 
a pretty good indication of what the fuck to do. Yeah, that. So they she mount they uh, they mount up. She mounts her silver, and we get her physical description that all her hair had burnt away in Drogo's pyre. So her handmaidens had taken to garbing her in the skin of the white. So in her very first chapter in Clash of Kings, she is being draped in the pelt of a creature that is known to be the King of Kings. The protector of the land. And we also, I like, because that was one of the major points we made about Danny was yeah. this white lion skin. And, and, the, and the other one that I made as a significant point was the Osmandius reference, which we get here in this city that we get coming up in a bit. And so, yeah, uh, she's wearing the skin of the white lion that Drogo Drogo had slain. Yeah, and and we learn that they're now calling her the Unburnt and Mother of Dragons. Jesus, here we go. Start the fucking chain of nicknames for Danny. and I have, like, some quotes coming up here because it says that they ride by night and they camp during the day hiding in the tents from the sun, and their horses were beginning to die off fairly quickly as they made their way through the Red Waste. Do you have a description of the Red Waste? Red Waste. Red Waste. The Red Waste. Red Waste? No, No, I don't. It's a fucking desert. It's hard. It's brutal. So she starts thinking to herself, though, about the Kalazar, and I wrote the quote, They are not strong, she told herself, so I must be their strength. I must show no fear, no weakness, no doubt. I really want to break into a no doubt song right now. However frightened my heart, when they look upon my face, they must see only Drogo's queen. She felt older than her 14 years. If ever she had truly been a girl, that time was done. Has she ever truly been a girl? That was the question I wanted to immediately pose. Yeah, I think so. Um, when she was with Sir Willem Derry early on, because he treated she her sweetly. She thinks about Willem Derry thinking uh, yeah. even sweet. And so I think, yes, and even a little bit at Illyrio's Mance before things but it was got all, out of control. But it was all fleeing ahead of And it was all knives. under the shadow so of her. is it? But is yes, I still think she, I think with Willem Derry, there was that moment of peace. That's why she thinks of it as home, where she did just get to enjoy fruits and relax and hang out for a little bit. But yeah, uh, no, uh, the, the reminder that she is only 14 is good. Um, so the thing also that I was pointing out here is that her I must show no fear, no weakness, and no doubt. Yeah. She's already this early on drilling into her head. She's right. Yeah. What I say has to be, whether it's good or not, that, well, I have it. to that have the right conviction. Right here in this, in this moment, it's a good thing. She's trying to be strong for her right. people so she can dictate but how best. But if she lets this if that thought evolve runs away, into yeah. it where it's, no, I do this and I, I'm the queen, so I don't I need to have no doubt in what I'm doing, even if that means I'm burning this city down. Mm. I'm raising the city to bring it back. Great, Like... She, it starts with these little effects, and then it just snowballs from here. Three days into their march, the first man died. An old man fell exhausted from his saddle and could not rise, and the blood flies gathered around him, carrying his ill luck to the living. Danny even had the weakest horse still with them slaughtered so that he could ride into the Starlands, the night skies, like the Dothraki The Nightlands? Whatever. The Starlands. You know. It's a fucking Super Mario World. Yeah. Uh... Two nights later, it was an infant girl who perished, her mother's w- anguished wailing lasting all the night, but there was nothing to be done for the child as she was too young to ride mounted right. into the nightland. She had to be born again and try again another time, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. So food and water became scarce. Even the hunters couldn't find anything. I and... like the description because he says that the rivers they crossed were dry as dead men's bones, and it's just... 
he really fucking paints like the, yeah, the desperation of this of this yeah, march. Danny thinks if there were gods around here, they were hard, dry gods, deaf to prayers for rain. Yeah, they're finding because she sends some outriders ahead, and they're only finding these stagnant pools. Yeah, so where they're drinking it, brimstone, but it's, mm-hmm. but it's yeah, gross, putrid water. But it is water. Wine gave out first, and eventually their food stores until it was the flesh of their dead horses that were sustaining them. Death followed death. Weak children, old women, the stick, the sick, the stupid. The cruel land claimed them all, and Danny hungered and thirsted with the rest of them, the flesh falling away from her day by day until she was lean and hard as a stick, yet it was her dragon she feared for. Yeah, because she even thinks about, uh, now Now she thinks about all the people that she's lost in her life. Going her, all the way back to yeah, her mother. Yeah, her father, uh, Rhaegar, her brother, Viserys, but before even Viserys, like you mentioned, Willem Derry, Drogo, and Rhaegar, and she vows, the gods will not have my dragons. Yeah. The gods will not have her dragons. And I also think it's funny that she's making, and similarly, the chapter before this, Aaron Dampere was saying, You're a drop to a storm compared to a god. And she's sitting here making these claims where we were like, shut the fuck up, Theon. You're nothing. Even if you're a king, you're a man. Yeah. But we're still listening to Danny put these fucking gods in their pl- No, I vow they won't dance, Danny. They're fucking gods, bro. True. Like, but she gets into the description of the dragons that they were no larger than scrawny cats until they unfurled their wings, and then it was three times their size. They refused to eat the raw horse meat that she was trying to feed them until she remembered Viserys saying once, only dragons and men eat cooked meat. So as long as the meat was seared black, the dragons would rip at it eagerly, eating several times their own weight. And at last, they began to grow larger and stronger. And Danny marveled both at their beauty and the heat. Night when they were they traveling, practically steam. So, uh, getting painted in a really good light in this chapter. Yeah, like he, she's getting good advice from him that she's using right now. She mourned his. I mean, she did mention that he was a cruel asshole, but if somebody were to start with this book for whatever dumbass reason, Viserys, oh her brother, he died. The poor guy. Yeah. but like. Why? So, so is it because I, he's I think, dead? I think it's because just... she's aware that she plans on naming one after yeah, him yeah. and kind of regaining the legacy because she says straight up his dragon will do what do, he could not. Yeah, yeah. And so each night she chooses one of the dragons to ride on her shoulder while her handmaidens hold the other two in cages nearby, always within eyesight because otherwise they will flip It reminds shit. me of the dire wolves. Yeah, if, right. If they're when not they... around, they just howl, howl. Danny began telling her blood riders of Aegon and his dragons of Balerion, the Black Dread. Yeah, and his sister's dragons, Vagar for uh, Visenya, and Meraxes that reign And I really like it because Ago says about her black. Drogo, yeah. Khaleesi, there sits Balerion, come again. And she thinks that it may be, but she would name them for those that the gods had taken from her instead. So she declares that the green shall be Rhaegal, for her valiant brother who died on the trident. The cream and gold, Viserion. Her brother was cruel and weak, yet her brother still, and his dragon will do what he could not. The black is Drogon, 
And I really like that there's no description. It's just like obviously the, the most powerful, intimidating is Drogon. Well, like, we do. We will get that he's got the the black with the red sp- uh, stripes. Yeah, going yeah, through yeah. Him, we but, get that, but, but she she gives the reasoning for Rhaegal and Viserion. Right. right. Be, after this and after that, Drogo, Drogon, because obviously it's going to be Drogon. Like yeah. it, I just think it's interesting that she doesn't give like. Because my son in stars was the most valiant. Like, yeah. it's just there. Like, you just kind of. Yeah, even as her dragons prospered, her Kalisar withered and died around her. The land grew more desolate. Doria ended up taking fever, eventually lacking the strength to even mount, and they had to either push on or leave her to die, but Danny refused, sat and gave her water. Uh, cooled her brow with a cloth and sat with her until she died. So I was surprised. I by was this. too. Like even though this is you know my fourth or whatever time reading these, I had for some reason thought she made it quite a ways further than this. I didn't realize she died here. Um, but damn, yeah, Doria. That yeah, because it, it there was um obviously I was paraphrasing there. Danny does take a moment and recall that this was the woman who taught her how to please Drogo in bed and. They, they bonded over that. They had a connection. So it is, this is another loss for Danny. Doria was good to her. They were good friends and... Slave. Slave, yeah. But the Dothraki began muttering that the comet had begun to lead them to some hell. Begun to lead them to some hell. Yeah. And she asked Jorah if this red waste has an end. And he's... And he's yeah, he says he's seen maps. He knows it ends. But, but I've never been this far east, bitch. Like, yeah, I don't he, know what you want me to tell you. It's yeah, hot. he's basically like, this is a lot fucking harder than I had thought it was going to be. But, And she's like, did I did I doom our people? And he's like, listen, we can, uh, we might be doomed if we go keep going. But I guarantee we're all fucked if we turn back now. Yeah. So we may as well press on. And she notes here that he's exhausted. He's gray and pallid looking, and his wound on his hip that he took from his fight with Drogo's blood riders hasn't quite healed yet because they haven't really had the time to Made me think of chill and let him heal. <laughs> Not quite the same comparison. But she ends up uh, leaning in and give him, giving him a light kiss on the dun, cheek, dun, dun. thinking that I must be strong for him as well. A knight he may be, but I am blood of the dragon. And she begins to despair eventually. Just, fuck. The, the comet mocks my health. So I think that the, that kiss was really important. Because oh, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. so naive to it and what it meant to him. And we'll learn a little bit more. And I think, and I hate it because I totally get what it means. Like, you to know, her, what like, she was yeah, doing like take yeah, heart, like, my knight. Like, we'll we'll get through this. Yeah, yeah. But he's creepy about it because she notes later what happens later. But yeah, the, so basically they're kind of just jumping from stagnant pool to stagnant pool across this fucking desert wasteland. Yeah, she's tri- like tripping out thinking, have I crossed half the world? Witness the rebirth of dragons only to die with them here in this shithole of a desert. Like, that doesn't make sense to me at all. That can't be. And she refused to believe it. And so the next day at dawn, her outriders gallop back, shouting of a city. A city as pale as the moon. And lovely as a maid. And she demands them to show her so they continue walking. And when she was before the city... 
What, did you lose your shelf? I did. He lost his place. They get to the city and start realizing that it's a... Well, because he tells them, uh, before they head to the city, she sends some riders out to investigate it. Yeah. And come back. And they're like, yeah, bitch, this place is a ghost city. And the handmaids freak out. And they're like, we can't go in there. And Danny's like, no, um, fuck that shit. They're just ghosts. We can go in. Yeah, Jiqui says that when the gods are gone, evil ghosts feast by night. In such places, our best shunned, Khaleesi. It is none. It is none. But Danny's like, yep, fuck that shit. So how long it was deserted, Danny couldn't know. And I thought it was also interesting. She asked Jorah, do you know? And he has no fucking... Yeah, he's like, like, no, no, I don't know anything. I don't know this place. And so everything in this area was white, as if the people who had lived here had known nothing of color. They pass an empty marble plinth, and she thinks that perhaps even now... The missing statue stood amongst the other stolen gods in Vase Dothrak. She might have even ridden by it a hundred times, never knowing. Yeah, yeah. So the Dothraki have clearly that there was here. So, I went back into a Game of Thrones. And... Yeah, because we talked a lot about the statues and the stolen uh, things there when we were talking about Danny during the Ozymandias fucking yeah. episode that we did. So I went back to Danny's chapter. In, uh, actually, it's Danny Four in a Game of Thrones. Where she's first entering Vaistothrak, and uh, I'll just read this little bit here. The forgotten deities of dead cities brandished their broken thunderbolts as the sky, at the sky as Danny rode her silver past their feet. Stone kings looked down on her from their thrones, their faces chipped and stained, even their names lost in the midst, mists of time. Lithe young maidens danced on marble plinths, draped only in flowers, or poured air from shattered jars. I could go on, but that's Do about you, it. So I think it's... That is the only mention of a marble statue. A marble plinth, plinth. Like a, with a plinth, yeah. And so I wonder if that's not the one that was here yeah. originally. These, these dancing, dancing maidens, maidens uh, wrapped in nothing but flowers, dr- or dumping... pouring what I imagine would be water out of a jug right. if it wasn't shattered and broken. So... I don't know. I just thought, in my mind, that helped kind of paint this place a little more. It seems yeah, make it less, more real. less intimidating yeah. as well if it's got It's these... already been raided and, t- yeah. and pillaged, and it's just empty. So they make camp. So, uh, also, when she was thinking that, for some reason, I thought it was worth noting that Viserion, who's on her shoulder, hissed. Yeah. And I don't know what that was about. Like, I didn't quite... Whether he's just this is weird, this is fucking weird. Yeah, I or think it I'm was just, just a, an or... odd scenario, but I'm I'm not, I was I was odded out by the hiss as well. But yeah, so they kind of set up camp in the center of the area and in a gutted plaza. They Danny say, starts right? kind of sending out her people to just explore the fucking yeah. place, and the first one to return has found a fig tree. Not anything special for figs, but everyone fucking starts just trampling the dude to get some, and shortly after, they find out that there's a bunch of little hidden fruit trees yeah. and little gardens Wells in these places. And, and But yeah, they also deep... find bones, skulls, bleached and broken, and again, Eerie's fucking losing her mind. Ghosts, we must not stay here, Khaleesi. This is their place. But she, Danny says dragons are more powerful than ghosts. She ain't having it. But, yeah, there's there, Wells fucking fruit. Like, they lucked on know, quite the little treasure trove yeah, here. Yeah, like she should have just chilled here and fucking... And Danny thinks that in her tent, she reflects on her choices, thinking that they could gain their stay and gain their strength yeah. here, enjoy the cold And she water. starts to. I think that it's easy to not realize how much time passes here towards the uh-huh. end of the chapter. But, yeah, so she had made her handmaidens get some bath stuff for her, and so she was feeding her dragons while reflecting on that kind of stuff. Um... 
But they they do. They scrub her down they, with they, sand. They bring it in, yeah, and just start scrubbing her backs down. And Danny thinks that when her hair, because uh, Jiqui notes that her hair's coming back, and she thinks that she would like to grow it out like Drogo. And as Drogo's hair had never been cut, that was a super huge thing of who he was, was his braid had never been cut, so she wants to do the same thing. And I think that's going to be interesting to see if, now, yeah, with the... the battle, you know, the never losing a battle if her she ever loses her braid. But. So she sees across the room Rhaegal kind of hop up off of whatever he was standing on and do a little attempt at a fly and doesn't work out for him. And so he starts growling a little bit. And she thinks about um, how she would absolutely understand the frustration of having wings and not being able to fly. Yeah. And... I started thinking about her, you know, we always compared the riding with with freedom for her, but she immediately is, like, completely over that, it seems, mm. with dragon flying, where she's like, oh, if I could do that, I'd be fucking higher than high, like, just... Yeah, it'd be like standing on a mountaintop, only better. The whole world would be spread out below, and if I flew high enough, I could reach right up and touch the comet. And, yeah, I mean... That's that's it. It's it's that new that higher form of freedom, which I think is starting to show the danger. Like the horse represented freedom from her being a bought and sold slave. So do you and think not that, having any now the dragon? Do you think that's is, similar to Hermes? Is it Hermes who flew to flew to the oh yeah? The no, sun? it's not Hermes. It's fucking I forget his name right now. It starts with a P, I believe. But yeah, he flew up, flies too close to the sun and. Uh, I'm looking up I feel like now, it is so Hermes. Is I'm it not very... Hermes? No, I think he's the messenger. Uh, yeah, uh, I get what you mean, though. Yeah, I feel like the... Where her touching the comet, because she can fly now, uh, Daedalus. Daedalus. Was the one, and Icarus, son of Daedalus. Uh, well, Icarus yeah, so, I, yeah, I feel like the dragon is essentially the check your privilege part, because now that's the above and beyond. That's first class. Like, she's got the horse freedom. Right. And, like, she's she's got that now, but now she wants that next tier, and that's where it starts to get dangerous. That's where Yeah, and morality... so that just makes me think of Icarus with, you know, she's going to get on the dragon, and she's going to be, oh, well, I can do what the fuck I want now. I don't even listen to anybody. And I can, exactly. I can go touch the goddamn sun. And so uh, before Jorah enters and things get creepy, we will convene our small council here, take care of some of our stuff. So we'll be real quick and let you get back to the episode. Woo! Hey, what's up? Welcome to the small council. Small council meetings. I guess you were going on. Yeah, I guess. So, so that's what we're doing. It's going to be a fairly short small council this time. We're just always here to plug in our socials. That way you know how to get a hold of us if you would like to write in on DuckDees. We, uh, we don't have any for this chapter from listeners, which is just fine because we have some pretty great ones. I actually don't think I've thought of mine just yet, but they're probably going to be great because they always are. If you would like to write in, then you can do so all over the place. I'm on Twitter. He's on Twitter. Should we give our Twitter handles? Because you're sitting there blankly, like I'm um, saying something I shouldn't. I'm on Twitter at Manners Without. Zach is on Twitter at Carstark92. We are on Instagram at Manners Without. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. We also have a special private secret Facebook group 
for Patreon members, patreon.com slash without manners, where you can get the uh, extra bonus Winds of Winter sample chapters Do-do-do-do. that we've reread, and they're pretty great. And finally, the easiest way to get a hold of us, where most of our listeners tend to, is our email, withoutmannersbrotherhood at gmail.com. We also always appreciate rates and reviews on any platform that you happen to be listening to us on. Now, I think you had pulled up, uh, we have... Well, yeah, in our super secret Facebook group, uh, Julian had corrected us as... uh, uh, During our Theon episode. During our Theon episode, we called him out, and uh, he did indeed know that We Do Not Sew is the Great Joy house, and he was just ribbing us. As we were giving him shit, so he wanted that correction. So I thought we would throw it in there so he could maintain a little dignity over there. There That Julian, Julian, we all we all know you knew it, bud. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it for this small council. So right into us, and we'll let you back to Danny one. Oh, Jorah's being weird. Oh yeah. But up, but but we're back. Oh, all right. So yeah. Jorah comes fucking cartwheeling in. But up, 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 back. <laughs> That's how he does it. <laughs> so Jorah enters and he offers her a peach. <sighs> now, Why don't you have a peach? Now, creepy rape scenario. This. Felt sexual. So the peach to me did not. It didn't. No, and that's uh, similarly. A lot of people have tried making Renly's peach sexual. Oh no! See, I don't see Renly's peach sexual. I see it similarly that it's showing that you know take take stock in the things that life's giving you now. Enjoy the fruits of life right now, or else you'll miss the opportunity. And so the fact that it's this, it doesn't look all that appealing. Like she says, it's overripe and a little soft, but. When she bites into it, it is fucking wonderful. It is and juicy. Honey's and... all mine. Well, like that's why I got the set, like, because it's not the peach itself. It's the the fact that it's him. Like he's saying, like, "Oh, take this moment and and appreciate these moments, like with me." Yeah, is yeah. where he's getting at with it. Whereas, absolutely, Danny bites into it, and because she's still not seeing that he's yeah, yeah. Well, into her, so she's like, "Yeah, this is." fucking dope well no, i is... mean his intentions aside what I, I think that's what the peach represents but yeah he is definitely probably coming in here like let me give you this sweet peach and then you give me your yeah, sweet peach. And then like, honey's yeah all exactly mine. but no yeah i think that the peach itself is to to be that similar representation that you know there's uh there's opportunities in life you should take them yeah. Because she, she could have just been like, no, I don't. She could have been Stannis. No, I don't want your peach. Mm-mm. I want to taste it. Uh, so Jorah thinks that they should stay here and gain their strength back. And Danny mentions that the Dothraki mentioned ghosts, and he says there are ghosts everywhere, my queen. We ah. carry them with us. And then she asks him about his ghost, and he tries to skirt it, like, nah, it's a long story. And she's like, bro. We're in the middle of the fucking desert. Yeah, we're in dude. the middle of a dead city, like, just waiting for my outriders to find anything. So yeah, we got so time. He fills her in first on his first wife, who was a glover of Deepwood Mott, and she's I right. like he didn't dislike her. She was plain of face, but they did their. It was more of a Stannis relationship than it was a Ned and Catelyn. It's of, very dutiful, yeah. and that's not to say he didn't love her, but she miscarried three times. And after the third attempt at an heir... She was just useless. She, <laughs> she was too weak to recover, and she died. Oh, shit. 
And so then he goes into the... Because in order to tell you this story, first I need to tell you this story. Yeah. And so he goes into Robert's rebellion, essentially, and explains that that he was also there at the Battle of Pike, which we know, during that last... Which, again, it, it, the way Martin just ties in these chapters and the orders that he does, we just had Theon. We just watched Theon looking at the spot in the wall where this hole was blown. And so he explains that there was a hole blown in the wall at Pike, and that... Besides perhaps Thor, this random red pe- priest from Mir, he says, which we know is the- uh, Thoros, that he was in very shortly afterwards. Mm-hmm. And for that, he earned his knighthood from Robert. Yeah. Now, to celebrate that battle and that victory, Robert, as he is known, threw a fucking tournament. This tournament was held in Lannisport, and Jorah went the fuck to town in it. Because he had worked up the courage after seeing his new future wife, Liness Hightower. I was calling her Linessi because I like just big old Nessie. Big old Nessie. Nessie. No, I don't like that. You, you call her whatever Liness. you want. but Liness works. Okay. Uh, he asked her for her favor, and surprisingly to him, she gave it to him. He won this fucking tournament. Or did he get second place? He beat, no, he, he won. did beat Jamie Lannister Well, they, in the final they went to a, uh, a draw because yeah, neither okay. one of them were unhorsed, but Robert yeah. named him. Right, and so then he named her the Queen of Love and Beauty, basically what Rhaegar did to... So essentially, I think it was very funny that Danny's brother did this same thing with Lyanna, but it had a completely... St- a, Different terrible outcome. Yeah, but Jorah wasn't married with his wife in the audience. Right, at right, this point. absolutely. So he names her and that very then, night asked yeah. her father to marry for her hand, and he agreed to. Yeah, they granted it, and but he says Bear Island was too harsh for her, too cold, and he spent ridiculous amounts of gold on different entertainment. Yeah, food, just things ships, to keep her happy. Because when she singers. got there, she lost her taste for fish and venison, so he pi- paid for cooks from Old Town and fucking harpists from Casterly Rock and just crazy shit that he couldn't afford, which then leads into the... He tried to get into tournaments, but... He never distinguished himself in yeah. another tournament. Well, because he cost... even mentioned that to her first, that besides that one tournament, he was never known as attorney knight. That yeah. wasn't what he did. It was just the one. And so he kept losing money to replace armors and horses. And then and the way he fra- – so he did other things for gold, like – all right, Jorah. So he sold the slaves. He's handing out handies in the back parking lot behind the Kmart. (laughs) No, yeah, yeah. He started selling his slaves, which was what he was exiled for when Ned Stark caught him. Yeah, he began to sell the slaves and eventually fled Ned Stark, taking his wife to lease with him in exile. And he took service as a sellsword. And while fighting Bravosi on the Roin. His wife became the chief concubine of a merchant prince named Traegar or Molin. And Danny asks, did that make, oh, do you hate her forever? And he says, if, if only I could. Almost as much as I love her. Yeah. Which just, it reminded me of basically the pedo Snape. Always. Always. But, yeah, I mean, it, it does go to show, I mean, as much as we see him as Creeper Jorah because of having seen what he's going to be like in the future as well on top of this, um, he really isn't, like, because you feel bad for him here because you saw that, you know, Ned had him banished because he was going to chop his head off. He All those things that he was doing wasn't just because he wanted to be rich and make a profit. He was trying to sustain a life to keep his fucking wife happy yeah. because she was a miserable cunt. 
You know, I I do feel bad for Jorah. It's just his reaction to it, because like we learn, because he he gets up and starts to leave, and Danny asks him, "What what did your wife look like?" And it's at this moment where she's covered herself now with just like a blanket, and she well, notices that pelt. she notices that he's staring only at her bare shoulder and close to her bare breast. And then slowly he looks up at her and he says, well, she looks like you, Khaleesi. And that's when Danny is like, oh, he wants me. Like, he he wants me because I look like his wife. I remind him of her. And he leaves and she even makes the attempt of, like, picturing herself with him. And she's like, nah, bro. And she thinks who could ever really compare to Khal Drogo, though she does vow to give him back his home and honor. Have you seen Jason Momoa? It, like, come on now. But she does vow to give him his home and honor back. But, yeah, it's, I think, like, especially with later when he starts, like, grabbing feels and shit, like, he could go about this without being a fucking creeper about it. He's yeah, just absolutely. so, ugh, He's I don't very like creepy. Book Jorah. Yeah, it's just because he can, he, because it's Book Jorah, he can do a lot of things that are not yeah. okay at all. So the next morning, she like bid... crushing on a fourteen-year-old girl. Yeah, but she, yeah. Anyway, she bid her blood riders to ride out. Ago to the southwest, Ricaro south, and Joko follow the comet southeast. Seek cities, living or dead, people, rivers, lakes. I don't mean to strike out blind when we leave this place again. I will know where I am bound. Yeah. And so they settle uh, here, d- settle down here for a bit, and they name this place Vase Toloro, City of Bones. And days go by as they begin to start collecting themselves, trying to clean up the city a little bit, building make it up habitable. the walls, the doors. Yeah. So that's and so well, one this person was, dies. This, this, this also before that, was before the uh, Ozymandias reference. This is an old monument that right. has since been forgotten. And they don't know who down. the fuck was here. So they name it something and it's empty, The City of Bones. Mm-hmm. And this, it could just be a reflection of what Danny is doomed for in the it end. To become, is this small, dying contingent mm-hmm. of a Kalasar. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they're trying to fix it all up. One person dies from a scorpion sting, but that's the only incident. And Ricaro is the first to return from the south. And he says that it's red wastes until the poison sea. So it's just nasty desert all the way down mm-hmm. to the ocean. However, he did pass the bones of a dragon. And the dragon was so immense that he rode his horse through the great black jaws. So we just said it could be a reflection of her future. Do you think that has anything to do with it as well? Yeah, it's obviously Drogo in the past future, and he's now in <laughs> the, the sands of time. No, I, I don't know if it's just meant to be so imagery. Or... I do believe that there are... Hints and attempts and guesses at finding out what dragon this is specifically within the annals of history, like of all the dragons that have disappeared and um, that it's been singled down to like singled down, probably not singled if there's more than one option, but it's been brought down to like two different. My question would be, I guess, is what what info does Ricaro have to go off of what the fuck a dragon looks like? These ones that are here in front of him, because I would be willing to bet dollars to donuts that there's no fucking way you can compare this little tiny cat skull to something he rode through. So I'm not even 100% certain it's a dragon that he's finding. To me, it could be a fucking, I don't know, a desert mammoth, something the equivalent of some large creature out in the desert that died there and he just doesn't know and dragons are on the brain because they're the biggest thing he can think to name and, oh, the mother of dragons has three. 
but yeah, but either way, uh, it caught my attention. Yeah, I would like to know what the fuck it is. But so once he returned, Danny had him start digging up the plaza so that they can start growing some shit there. And then the second to return was Ago, and Ago was the one who was sent southwest. And he says it's basically the same shit. It's all barren. That there were a few more cities like this one, but none of them were near as large as this one. And while one of them had a bunch of skulls posted on spikes in a circle, he was like, I'm not I'm not going in that one. Yeah. I'm not going in that one. And so he went into a different one and essentially came across some scrolls that he left behind and an iron bracelet with an uncut fire opal the size of Danny's thumb. Sorry, I hiccuped. That was weird. Um, do you think it's any kind of special gem, Fire Opal? Yeah, I know it's quite. I no, I don't fucking know, you know man. Like just... no, I think I, it's... I feel like it's red herring stuff. I think just... it's just more tying. These are dead cities. These are relics of the past. They're forgotten. We yeah, can't answer yeah. these questions, and it's that big what if that's hanging over every single protagonist of this book. Is are they just going to fall into nothing and give in to this? darker side of man or are they going to actually live right, and have right. a legacy yeah so she she has uh jogo start or not jogo that she has i go start repairing the gates that way they can have a defense if they do get attacked somehow by somebody um but she worries about jogo because time is passing in between each of these it's not like the the day after she said yeah, no them i off would one guess day, they're think, here quite a few a months few, yeah at least yeah. a few months i would imagine and she had started thinking that jogo was lost that he's done he's gone because he it's been so long since eventually he, he comes riding up with low rider mm. low rider oh my. and a guard shouts him out so danny rushes up to the walls to see him for herself and jogo came but not alone Behind him rode three queerly garbed strangers atop humped creatures that dwarfed any horse. And Jogo calls that he's been to the great city of Karth, Khaleesi, and have returned with three whom wish to look upon her. And so Danny says, look all you will, but may I have your names? And first man steps up, the pale man with blue lips said in Dothraki, Piet Pri, the great warlock. The bald man with jewels in his nose answered in High Valerian of the Free Cities, I am Zarozoandoxus of the Thirteen, a merchant prince of Karth. And the woman in the lacquered wooden mask said in the common tongue, I am Quaith of the Shadow. We come seeking dragons. Seek no more. You have found them. Tenzin. Bam. So So now for my my big old theory. Yep. Here we go. Here we go. Quaith is Lynesse Jorah's ex-wife. Mm. I fucking hate Get you. it. Get it. So yeah, we meet Piet Pri, Zarzo, and Doxus and Quaith here. Yes. Three huge influences in Danny's yeah. everything. Uh Piet Pri is fucking Pri? is terrifying and Especially Interesting. When he gets I'm really up. excited to get into that for this app, uh, this reread. Uh, Zarzo and Doxus is yep. a fuck all. He gets, uh, is it Jiqui or Eerie? Uh, I thought it was fucking Doria, Doria yeah, so yeah, don't yeah, ask so, me, bro. So like, probably one of those two, though. And then Quaith. Quaith is obviously still one of the biggest mysteries. The enigma of the we- uh, Song of, of Ice and Fire. Oh uh, Well, mainly of Danny, I would say. Of more the Song of, of Ice and Fire. Mm, enigma. Okay, sure. <laughs> But yeah, so Danny's telling them you you have found me. Um, I 
I think when she says we come seeking dragons, that's what I think. Dan- I don't think Danny's talking about like her dragon. No, I, like, I, I, found I was going to mention that specifically. Like, yes, I'm here. Yeah, you have I found am. the dragon. Sup, bitch. I'm the dragon you have found. But yeah, so Danny's first chapter, a great first chapter. We get a lot of her thought process after the dragons were born, sort of caring, caring for them for the first time that anyone's had to do in forever. And then the desperation, Martin really yeah. hammered it in how fucked they were and then how much better they got once so, they got to this city. I really like the way he's tying this whole chapter into all of the Delta Pike shit and, like, and, and the, the statues, yeah, and Jorah's, like the, Jorah's history yeah. lesson tying into shit that we just fucking read about mm-hmm. too with the Siege of Pike and Thoris Amir yeah, which is something that we didn't hear about in this book per se but we heard yeah. about his battle with the flaming sword way yeah back Martin's in... the way he does these tendrils and then he grabs onto one from back you mm-hmm. know last book and it's like yeah we'll put that story here yeah now. you remember and... Jorah Mormont here's why he did yeah. all this slavery because I was thinking about that that like danny asks him about his wife and and all that stuff in a game of thrones but we don't get the answer Mm -hmm. we don't get it until here which is just interesting we don't really find out about jorah until right here besides he's an exile for slaving he served viserys realized viserys was a dumb fuck and wanted to serve daenerys did so loyally as hell even through the magi bullshit and then you know here now, now <laughs> prostrates himself before her as the mother of dragons. So, so do you have an inductee? Yeah, um, I think it's gonna go to Eerie and Jiqui uh, just because of their fucking like when these girls are on a track, man, they do not relent. Like, we must not stay here, Khaleesi. It is none. And Danny's like, yo, I don't give a fuck. But then they're like, ghosts, ghosts, ghosts. Like, I just feel like Danny's just doing normal shit about their day. And then, like, she sees no, you cannot do the dishes in cold water or warm water only. It is none. It is none. It is none. No, you need to wash your face in circles. Yeah. Yeah. Streaks. It is none. It is none, Khaleesi. <laughs> you brush in circles. It is none, like fucking a. But it's hilarious. It makes me laugh every time. It is known as yeah, one of the wild. best little catchphrases. Yeah. So it's good stuff. Eerie and Jiqui. I don't think they get enough respect. So props to those two girls. Ooh, power to the people. Who's yours? Mine is going to Jogo. Okay. Cause, all right, this motherfucker disappeared for like at least a month or two to Car to Karth. Yo, he could have just been like, yo, fuck them. They're out in the middle of the desert. I have one of the strong horses and provisions. I'm done. I- I'm going to fucking live my best love life here in life. Like, I'm going to do. And, but instead, he came back. He made the trip. He found somebody and was like, hey, um, my Khaleesi sent me here well, to I mean, tell you she's got dragons. I think it helps that that Khaleesi, he literally watched walk into a roaring pyre Truth, yeah, valid. walk out with three but yeah so for his loyalty yeah and the fact that he made that i trip think that's back a good point and... to show his like the the effect that danny had on them like because they completely changed his their religion this basically, is yeah him serving a woman we can't that's acceptable. what yeah in and her last the fact chapter. that he's willing to traverse this red waste make that dangerous journey find people convince them to come back with him Granted, not too hard if he's like, yo, this bitch walked into fire and then walked back out. Yeah. Like, what is with that? You want to see some dragons? So, yeah, so Drogo's coming in. Yo, you kids want to see some dragons? (laughs) Get in my van. (laughs) Yeah. uh, 
So those are our thoughts yeah, on Yeah, we don't Danny's have any adoptees, but that's all right. Uh, feel free to write us in and let us know yours for any other of our future chapters. Next chapter we're going to be reading is going to be John 2. It's a very short it's chapter. It's a very short so chapter. So there is even potential that it's going to be combined with the chapter after, but I don't know yet. It depends on what kind of talking we're doing about it. Yeah, we'll see. So look for that one. Write in some inductees for it. Who Do you know who's after that? Nope. Yeah, me neither. Cool. Write us in inductees for that chapter also. Yeah. And otherwise, we will catch you on the next one. Valid to Harris. Peace. Peace.